We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... studio here at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome our panel. It's Gabby Bolt, Pat Sunderland and James O'Loughlin. With the music, it's Dom Turner and his Rural Blues Project. And our audience this week from Narrabri, Warrenora, Leichhardt, Norwest, Parramatta and Chatswood. I have never heard Chatswood said with such enthusiasm. Vigor, yeah. You haven't been to Chatswood? <laughs> yes, I have. What's, what's, here's the news from nowhere. What's the best thing about Australia? Or at least the most emblematic thing? Here's my vote. The free gas barbecue in the local park. They are everywhere. Outer suburbs, regional towns, beachside parks. The local council pays for the gas, even though half the people using that gas are ringings from other areas. No worries, help yourself. The local council is effectively saying, your people can pay back our people when they get around to visiting your part of paradise. That would be the paradise called Australia. I came across one of these happy scenes the other day, a waterside park in Abbotsford in Sydney's inner west, sun glinting through the trees, kids playing cricket with wheelie bin wickets, dads cradling beer as they poked at the sausages, the mothers lolling on picnic rugs. In Europe, it would be a fenced-off private club. In the UK, it would be raining. In the US, the kids would be playing baseball while the parents argued over the fine legal points of the rules with at least one person wondering if it was time to fetch their gun from the car. (laughs) Other than the free barbecue, what else is quintessentially Australian? When we think about that question, our Australian mind, a mind that dislikes self-congratulation, often settles on the negatives. And true, there are plenty of negatives. The place is full of flies and of mozzies. Much of Australia is unreasonably hot or too cold. Plus, the continent, as the mood takes it, often sinks into drought or flood, then occasionally bursts into flames. Plus, in Australia, every industry is a cosy duopoly. There's competition, sure, but no one wants it to get out of hand. Even the official outlet, the Australian Consumer and Competition Commission, has no competition. (laughs) What hypocrites! Couldn't we have at least one other competition commission? All this, though, is outweighed by the good stuff. Compulsory voting, which forces the main political parties to woo the moderate middle. The free beaches unaccompanied by hotel sun lounges, private beach huts or private bars selling drinks. And there's a minimum wage, which means hospitality workers are not desperately relying on the size of the tip. Throw in Medicare. Two public broadcasters, the world's best farmers, successful multiculturalism, sensible gun laws, the novels of Tim Winton and the music of Kate Miller-Heidke, then add the CSIRO's increasingly successful campaign against the flies. Oh, arise, the noble dung beetle. Oh, how we admire your work. 
Yes, I know too much blowing of your own trumpet and the Australian palate sours. We need some more negatives just to confirm we're not up ourselves. I am here to help. We've allowed our governments to become addicts of the gambling industry and the misery taxes they raise. We let advertisers flog sugar to kids and obscenity banned in similar countries. We have politicians who believe that representing regional Australia requires no more effort than wearing a wide-brimmed hat. The distances, too, are ridiculous. Brisbane, possibly the best city in Australia, should be closer to Sydney. That way both populations could mingle more without needing to fly. Just three hours closer and the drive would be doable and we wouldn't need to give money to those bastards at Qantas. (laughs) But back to the barbecues. The councils clean the barbecues, but most of the time that task is unnecessary. Despite the absence of any hectoring signage, nearly everyone understands you should leave the barbecue in the state you found it, sparkling and ready to use. You also see people aware of the queue, should one have formed. They cook quickly, clean up, then signal to the next group. It's part of a collectivist urge that still exists somehow hanging on, despite the push from some quarters to embrace a dog-eat-dog world in which individualism always triumphs over society. How did Margaret Thatcher put it? There's no such thing as society, she once said. There are just individual men and women and there are families. Well, tell that to the volunteers of the Royal Fire Service. Tell it to the volunteer lifeguards training up the nippers and the army of soccer, cricket and netball coaches. Tell that to the Orange Army of the State Emergency Service. Tell that to the Australians who don't bend the rules on their taxes because the tax pays for the services we all share. Maybe that should be our slogan. We're all in this together. I'm hopeful tomorrow's referendum will cast Australia in a great light, that the result can be added to the list of positives and not the list of negatives. I don't believe I'm telling you how to vote, as you will have your own view about which result best expresses the essence of this place. There's a greatness to this country, though, the spirit of that sunlight through the trees, illuminating a humble council barbecue, clean, convivial and communal. It's a symbol of how, at the best of times, Australians still have this urge to look after each other. And that's the news from nowhere. Oh, Richard. We have uh, James O'Loughlin, Patrick... Very, very poignant. Well, that was, yeah. I love it. If you I use know. them, they're great. Well, I, I, I They're walk, free, you know. I've walked past a few this week, so I've been going to this park to do some exercise. I've been there three times this week and it's right next to a voting station and I've got to go past the early voting station to get to the park and every time I think, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> they just swarm on me. Are you voting? Are you voting? Because there's hardly anyone doing it this week. There's a few people, but they're not crowded. I thought you meant the flies from the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so I, well, it's kind of like that. I go within 50 metres and they're all just running at me going, do you want to vote? I, I say, I'm not voting. I'm not voting. They say, you have to vote. I say, yeah, but I don't have to vote now. <laughs> but good on them, you know, yeah. they're all. And they seem they're standing next to each other, the, the yes and the, the no, talking. Mm, talking. That's good. Good. How's the fitness program going? Uh, good. Look, just getting through the volunteers is I'm kind of done then. <laughs> Pushing a hot side steps and got everything. But yeah. then you make yourself about five sausages on the uh, on the grill and it <laughs> kind of right. brings it back. Exactly. And now let's check you up with this week's news. Who has a date with the devil today or at least with some black cats? 
<laughs> well, it is, of course, Friday the 13th, and ooh. Ooh, a chill come, goes come over the crowd. Oh, yeah. yeah, beautiful. It is, of course, Friday the 13th. Ooh. And I am very nervous because <laughs> I, I did not realise the date when I woke up today, and no joke, this morning on my way to work, I uh, walked under a ladder... I broke a mirror no. and I stole a cursed gem from a witch. Oh, so no. I am in trouble. Yeah, you Fun are. Friday, though. Yeah, oh, it was a great Friday. <laughs> great it was great. Friday. I, got a, so I got a gem. I guess I'm trying to imagine on the way to work, it was a hand mirror? Yes. Yeah, right, yeah. and you're just checking how my glasses... Yeah, I, of... I check to see if someone's sneaking up on me. You know, these are all the things that how I do. How many enemies do you have? Well, he's got the police trying to arrest one. for stealing the jewel. <laughs> the jewel. And the witch, you know. Yes. She's, oh, yeah, she's riding after me as well. Gabby, do you go along with all these superstitions of people? I, I have never never really been a very superstitious person. However, I do have a harrowing tale of a 10-year-old with an email account. Um, I was. <laughs> Did you pick harrowing from his story? Because he used harrowing. Oh, no. Did I just I, I yeah, like the... Maybe it's... Yeah, yeah, maybe I took it's it on. It's just the Friday the 13th spirit. Mm. I, I'm not a very good original thinker. I plagiarise a lot, so I tend to do that. I, I will probably just... I'll steal the monologue from about five minutes ago, about five seconds. I, I but, find that quite happy. Yeah, you know, so barbecues. No. I, but, yeah, when I was 10 years old, I got my first email account. It was a Hotmail account, for anyone wondering. Um, it was called Aretha1010 because I was obsessed with Aretha Franklin, and, yes, I had no friends. And uh, <laughs> I, I used to get these chain horror emails, which were essentially like, you know, send this to oh, 10 yeah. different people or Bloody Mary will be in your bedroom. And obviously, if you're a 10-year-old with absolutely zero uh, internet literacy, you mm. wholeheartedly believe that. So I started asking my parents for email addresses because, you know, oh, I'm just interested. And for some reason, they gave me several email addresses. <laughs> I'm just interested in email yeah, addresses. Yeah, I, I just think I've got this newfangled thing. Like it's 2005. Do so people collect stamps? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my parents must have thought I was doing some sort of research project because I was like, oh, have you got uh, Carol from work and, and, and your boss? Anyway, no, I just needed the numbers because as, yeah, I didn't have any, yeah, I didn't have any friends. God, so it'd be dangerous now. you I'm passing this horrific yeah. message to Carol from work. It, it became a real full-time job. I reckon I did that maybe three or four times a week to 10 different yeah. people. Do you have any idea how much email admin that is? But I was safe. So and they, I think they, they got think, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're probably still sending in yeah, circulation. I said it yeah. I mean, yeah. I well, were both sacked and unemployed, and she lived in poverty ever after. But it was fine. Yeah. And these people think they're getting the email from the ghost of Aretha Franklin <laughs> yes. as well. So they they they, they convinced well, in it's 2005, real. she wasn't dead. So I think they well, might have thought it was actually Aretha Franklin. <laughs> that's kind of parallel universe. Stuff, mm. That's even. Yeah. See, I don't mind some of these things. There's a great tradition if you give someone a knife, for instance, on a birthday or Christmas, you've got to get them to buy it back off you because you can't oh. give a knife. So oh. you've got to get five. You take five cents. You give them five cents, mm. they give you five cents oh, right. oh. and everything is fine. That's economically I, smart. I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> think I was superstitious until I started thinking about it, but I actually, now I realise, like, when I get dressed, I always have to put on my socks before my shoes. Um, <laughs> I just feel, I always, when I wash up, I always have to put the water in the sink before I start scrubbing the dishes. When I get out of my car... I always get out via the door, never the window. What? Yeah. That's weird. You also man. always get undressed before you have a shower. No. 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 <laughs> Are you going to have explain one? some things? But also, I think a lot of these superstitions make sense if you. Un- a lot of them have been abbreviated. So don't cross the path of a black cat. The full one is actually don't cross the path of a black cat if it's armed. <laughs> um, and especially if it's drunk and armed, that makes it very dangerous. Or seven years 
bad luck if you break a mirror. The mm. full one is actually seven years bad luck if you break a mirror and a shard of glass goes in your eye and the doctors say, unfortunately, we just don't, we can't get that out. And then seven years later they say, hey, guess what? We've just worked out a way of getting it mm. out. So it's <laughs> so quite it's a, a long say. It's a long say. Yeah. Tweezers. We didn't think of tweezers. That, uh, you know, took us That's seven right. years. That's right. Um, and, you know, the... Ladder one, yeah. going under the ladder is unlucky if someone's falling off it at the time. Yeah. So yeah. you just got to understand the full it's context. Unless you catch it. Or above, yeah. 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 <laughs> I also love the, the good luck ones that are just ways to make people feel better, like it's good luck if a bird poos on you. Yeah. That's not true. No. <laughs> That's, it's a beautiful yeah. consolation. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. standing above you, Patrick, and oh, yes. <laughs> I'm a, a very lucky boy. Last Saturday <laughs> afternoon I spend in the park under bird's nest. <laughs> <laughs> Who said old boy cricket really does run rings around the other sports? Uh, Running rings around the other sports. Yeah, so 2020 cricket is going to be in the Olympics and before you put it in the probable medal tally, have a look at how we're going. Uh, so it probably won't be there. This is and the first time for 100 years that cricket has been in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people are saying, well, it's too niche. You know, there aren't many. I mean, you know, how many nations do Greco-Roman wrestling? Two. Well, I, I can Greco- name <laughs> Two. And only one of them isn't even a, a nation anymore. Yeah. Like the Greeks and... One one town, or how many? You know, there's a, a winter Olympic event called Nordic mm. Combined, where they combine skiing and jumping, or something. So and that's just Norway. But there's so, also that one which is uh, in the Winter Olympics, which is skiing and shooting, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. biathlon. Yeah. But I think if we're getting niche, you know, just a few countries. What about keeping up the balloon? <laughs> Love you know that, that one. When you have little kids. That's the only I feel like sport every I know how to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be a fantastic Olympic sport. Or, yeah, this is one, this is very niche. I think this is one house in St John Road's Glebe, St John Road in the 2000s, stair walking race where you have to go up on your knees, like your knee has to touch every stair harder than you think, then slide down on your chest. Um, oh, God. Uh, and a vanish to play when drunk. <laughs> uh, so get really niche. Get some of the interesting ones. Gabby, uh, some people say, "Look, this is a Commonwealth sport. It shouldn't be in the Olymp- it shouldn't be in, in the Olympics." Oh well, see, I'm not a huge fan of cricket. I don't know how it works. So I'm one of the people who would say it shouldn't be a sport. But I think that <laughs> if we're going to make cricket a sport, I think that's fine. Considering, yeah, the Winter Olympics is a is a an entire Olympic event dedicated to the top third of the world. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it's quite funny to think about other niche sports. Like I had curling. Like yeah, curling, yeah. curling, for those who don't know, is is pushing like a frisbee-like object along some ice while someone else sweeps the ice clean before it. <laughs> yeah. Make that one make sense? I yeah, don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just sport, arctic cleaning. It's just it? hilarious to me. I love that sport can really just be anything if enough people give it some gusto. So I think it makes sense that that cricket is back. Although I do have a question about first time in a hundred years. What happened at the cricket game a hundred years ago? Uh, mm. Paris, Paris played. Uh, French France played England, but oh, all said. the French players were apparently just English expats. So it was really England, <laughs> England, England versus England. England. Wearing French England versus mustaches. England. So Classic. They decided at that point to abandon. Right. <laughs> right, right, Patrick, right. Should it be in there? Well, I think it makes perfect sense. We finally have an answer as to why this four years between every Olympics is because that's the average length of a game of cricket. <laughs> um, I, I think we. The only thing I would suggest is that we can make it more efficient. I think every aspect of track and field can be combined into the game of cricket. Ooh, yes. I think you have. Have bowlers just shot put the ball. You have the batters hit it away with the javelin. You've got the hundred meters, and then when they get to the uh, to the wicket, they just jump over it. That's hurdles. Surely, when they're running between the wickets, that's where the javelin gets used. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much yeah. more dramatic. Uh, why does lying in bed in romantic Paris suddenly sound not so sexy after all? 
Well, this is, uh, this is of course, the bedbug plague that has hit uh, France and groan rises from the audience. Uh, I don't know if I agree that it makes Paris sound less sexy. I think it's just a marketing challenge. <laughs> I think all you need to do is put out tourism ads that say, come to Paris, I guarantee you will not sleep alone. <laughs> no, that's nice. That's nice. I had a different approach. Yeah. I thought that, you know, one of the biggest consumers of, of positive media is, is families and, and children. Um, and one of the most positive uh, displays of, of Paris, debatable maybe, is uh, the classic 2007 animated classic film about a pest that creates Michelin star meals called Ratatouille. Mm. And so I've decided if you just sell it to Disney... The bed bug infestation could yes. be a very cute and wholesome tale in about ten years' time if with Pixar. Yeah, do, they run, yeah. do they run a restaurant? The bed bugs? Or? I don't know, but maybe we can make them hotel owners or something. Yeah, maybe maybe, really, yeah. Maybe really, they fluff <laughs> up the pillows Cinderella style. They all sing. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. Like I, you know, I can educate my fellow bugs not to bite you if you educate your fellow humans not to wreck the world. I've or, just realised you know, this is a bug's life. I think I've actually ruined it. It's kind of all the same. Or maybe it was bees. I told. I said I plagiarized at the beginning of the episode. I didn't didn't realize. Put us all on notice. I I could. I could imagine. You know, because Paris is supposed to be the romantic city, isn't it? It could cause tension in relationships, couldn't it? I mean, you know, romantic couples in Paris at three a.m. Come on, sweetie. Come on. Come on. Stop it. You're tickling me. (laughs) Come on. What again? You know. Hey, you're biting me. This is what? This is weird. Oh, now you pretend to be asleep. What is going on here? So, you know, it could be, maybe you need to educate bugs that, that, I mean, where do they sleep if they don't sleep in beds? Obviously, they don't sleep in beds because they're biting people. So, what, they go to the floor? No, the horrific thing, this is true. Horrific. This, this is why it is so harrowing thing. Harrowing. This is why it's so difficult to get rid of bed bugs because they, if you, if you fumigate the mattress, they climb out of the mattress and they, this is true, uh. they hide behind the paintings. No, this is innovation. It must be Paris, like a Scooby Doo painting guy. They hide behind any anything on the wall. They hide behind it. They won't see really. And then they come out again in the night and bite you. Really? I love this. I don't know how you've managed to make them. uh, I I want to root for them. I feel like they're an underdog. They're really smart. They definitely are an underdog. They're difficult to take seriously as a real problem because everyone (laughs) associates them with "Good night, don't let the big bugs." Yeah, yeah. It'd be like if you went to hospital being like, "I've just been bitten by an itsy witsy spider." Like it doesn't. People won't take you seriously. I I also feel it's unfair to characterize and name them by the place where they hang out. Yeah. Like you don't call ants dirt bugs, <laughs> you know. Like bed, I mean, surely they could be insulted. I mean, Patrick mentions that. The, the, why do we do that? Why do we say to young children, last thing at night when we're trying to get them to yeah. calm down and go to sleep, we say, "Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite." Yeah. And you see, the, the three-year-old's going to say, "Where am I, Daddy? In Paris? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrific. This is harrowing." Although for little kids. It'd be really good. Like, if you want your kid to have great memories, all you do is put some bed bugs in their, in their bed for the summer. Remember that great holiday we had in Paris? <laughs> <laughs> really? I can't remember going That's there. Right. Yeah, yeah, you got the, yeah. You got yeah, the scars. You got the scars, yeah, yeah. Cheap travel to Paris, courtesy of James O'Loughlin, Pat Sunderland and Gabby Boltz. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. And Gabby Boltz. Pat Sunderland and James O'Loughlin with us this week. Now, the HSC exams uh, started uh, yesterday, or started this week, testing the kids on, on everything a 17-year-old should know. But here's my question. What would a grown-up's HSC involved? What are the subjects that matter when you are middle-aged 
and would you pass? Now, Gabby, you're not quite middle-aged, but nonetheless. <laughs> Thank you what, so much, Richard. What are the um, adult HSC topics? I had a few that I wrote down, although I will state as somebody who did the HSC 10 years ago, I didn't do very well, so maybe these aren't very good um, <laughs> subjects. But first one is mechanics of a car, which I believe actually is a subject at certain schools. Yeah. I just didn't know that. <laughs> um, it's particularly harsh if you're a bloke, I must say, because then there's an ex- there's a so- societal oh, sexist expectation. expectation. And so the car breaks down, the lovely chap comes from the NRMA and he puts Bless. the bonnet up and you're forced to go... Mm, yeah, I know, mate. Uh, and he goes, says, "I uh, think that'll be the engine there." Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he says, "I think you'll find your manifold is not connected to your big end." And you say, "I thought, thought that was, was the thing." That. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. No, yeah. it is. It's tough. And also, I, I took my. I've been driving the same car. Um, my first car died this year, and I oh, took it to the mechanic. Oh, it, it was no stranger to the mechanic. It was a '99 Holden Commodore. For those wondering, <laughs> which is the second most dangerous car in this country. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm not convinced I had an alarm or that the seatbelts worked properly. But I took it to the mechanic for the last time before it went to the big garage in the sky. And the mechanic said, "All they said, they took one look at the bonnet and they looked at me and they went, we know some really great scrap guys.'" <laughs> and I went. Okay. That's like the doctor saying, here's a card for a funeral director. Literally. I was like, have you no compassion? You know you guys had it when Mm. you say, what what do you give me for it? And they say, I'll take it away for 200 (laughs) Do you want to know how much I got? $150. $150. Well, you, you're in the black. I bought everyone in my house a coffee that morning. It was fantastic. <laughs> I have nothing left. Um, the next thing in I had, Sydney, she only got about $2 yeah, change off yeah. that. <laughs> um, the next thing I had was how to do your taxes, which I believe is a great rule for both people my age and also maybe multimillionaires. Next one, <laughs> bit spicy on the ABC. Um, what do all the different sockets do on the back of your television? Yeah. 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 We don't know. No one does. You could ask NASA that question. No one could answer it I don't think properly. the manufacturer knows. I think they're just it on for the hell of it. Yeah. Like, we're not going to be the only yeah. guy with only three sockets. Might be the answer to time travel at the back of that thing, but we <laughs> never find out. And if out. you're living in a house with young people, young people come in during the day and take all the so and put in games in, into the back. And then you come, you have to, you now have to start preparing for the seven o'clock news at about six thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the last one I had was specifically for those older than myself, specifically parents. How to use social media with an additional master's degree of no, you don't need to sign your name after a text message, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> James? Uh, well, quick shout out to my daughter Nina, who's just completed week one of the oh, HSC. Congrats, Nina. Yeah. Uh, now, if you have kids, they would think that you would all get 100% in ancient history because you were there. <laughs> Hence, questions around our house in the last few years. So, Dad, how were the Peloponnesian Wars? <laughs> or, uh, in my history book, the Emperor Nero's getting a bad rap. What was he like, really? <laughs> or, you know, what was it like before the wheel? A lot of walking, I'm guessing, was it? <laughs> that sort of stuff. But I think what you really need to know when you have kids is logistics. Uh-huh. Don't you? Like you've got to get Luke to soccer at 9am, pick up Bella from ballet at 9.15. Hugo had to sleep over to friends, but you have to get him by 9.30 and you're nearly out of petrol. How many road rules do you need to break to complete <laughs> all those tasks? And which kid is the first one to go, which is the most expendable if you can't do it all. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to make hard decisions. It's all the logistics. 
Um, I reckon the HSC, it's already got, there already exists a middle-aged HSC, and it's when you go onto Facebook and you see all those posts that people make for whatever reason to try to go viral or something, mm-hmm. there's just like basic math questions or things like that. Yeah, Do you, have yeah. you guys seen that? It just the, an equation and everyone's arguing in the comments, no one has got the right answer, but everyone's <laughs> saying, it's 17. 17? It's 8,000. It's like, how could that possibly be a possible question to that? Or the ones that are just like, um, you can't name a fish that starts with the letter L and everyone in the comments is like, lungfish! Like, <laughs> Ling! Ling! These, these are the, the HSE. Yeah, you can name a fish, whatever you want. Uh, but these are the middle-aged HSE, you know. But I, I do agree that, that history would be the, the difficult yeah. subject of the middle-aged HSE. That's the one that says, you know, with reference to at least three primary sources, you know, yeah. where did your life go wrong, you know? <laughs> Remember when everything seemed on the up and everything seemed hopeful? <laughs> Primary sources. Yeah. My wife says. <laughs> there are journals across the country full of unknowing essays on that exact topic. My best friend Barry says, I never thought you were heading anywhere good anyway, so it's not a surprise. I also think political science, if you Ooh. work in an office with a special emphasis on Machiavellian, <laughs> you know, backstabbing and climbing the ladder. Yeah. You, you mentioned the thing about the, the, the kids and getting the kids to sport. Yeah. There was a ver- did anyone hear conversations this week? There was a very moving discussion of this kid who'd got, uh, well, he's now a young man, but he, he was uh, diagnosed with this terrible kidney cancer when he was eight years old and they were in hospital in Maitland. They had to drive to John Hunter Hospital in Newcastle and they, they, can't, and they had to stay for, for all these tests and things like that and it turns out really bad news. He's going to survive in the end, but really bad news mm. in the moment. And the mother sobbing drives home back to Maitland and... He's in the back worried about it. And when they walk in, the eight-year-old daughter is really angry because she's missed swimming. (laughs) (laughs) She's really mad. It takes a long time to come down. (laughs) Uh, Now, uh, we're ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for the wheel of death? You've helped throw these topics onto the Mm. chocolate wheel. Which one will come up for James O'Loughlin, though? Today's topics are tax, toy, exams, emotional Spring, mushroom, smitten. Oh, that's a lovely word. Suspect, fungus, toenail, liars, vindaloo, ostrich, or assemble. Which ones fill you full of fear, James O'Loughlin? You can't add harrowing, can you? (laughs) Not at this late stage. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm happy with all of them. Are you happy with all? You confident? Um, I don't think I'll find any of them at all. (laughs) Difficult. Harrowing. Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops. No one knows. And today's topic for James O'Loughlin is the word exams. Exams. <laughs> Except it's right. hard. It's exams. hard. We, we've yeah. done nothing on this prior Fresh stuff, James, to come um, on. Yeah. yeah. So I reckon if we did the HSC for middle-aged people, <laughs> ancient history would be good. You guys can help, by the way. Oh, so okay. exams oh, are... Uh, I'm good, actually. But, uh, are you <laughs> waiting on your child hand and foot? What? Well, there's a, I just had this. I had a sharp memory when my kids were doing the HSC of every day being. Would you like? A, would you like a boiled egg? Was that boiled egg okay? Was it? If you want it, if you want it a bit harder or softer, I can do it again. Do you want toast soldiers with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Is this we, all right? Do you that. want a? Do you want a, a cup of tea? Is it too milky? I can do it again. Yeah. No, we're doing all that, and uh, you know, a few treats, and Nina, you know, and you don't know. It's funny, actually. I picked Nina up after exam today and it was like, how many questions do I ask? Because if you don't ask any, you don't care about my HSC. And if you ask too many, well, you just stop. Just stop cross-examining me about it. So you've got to get the right numbers about three. You start with how was it and that's just, you know, da-da-da. The answer is always okay. 
Then you go, uh, how did everyone else find it? And then they go, okay. And then you go, okay, what's next? <laughs> Will you just let me process this one? Like I just finished an exam. You want me back yeah. in there now? What's next? Uh, Actually, ancient history, Dad. Have you got some... <laughs> I remember exams. They were very scary. I went to uni for five years, worked really hard in the second half of November of each of those years. <laughs> they used to be 100% exams yeah. for law. I did law. 100% exams. And you basically spent, well, I, I exaggerate about November as a couple of weeks in October too, just <laughs> cramming info. They were all closed book. Info into your head, just in, you know, section 83, section 22, da-da-da, and you do this for an exam. And then as you wrote the exam... You could feel the information run out of your head, down your arm, through your pen, and it was gone. And to the extent that you come out of the exam and people would say, what exam was that for? And you'd say, I do not know. It is gone forever. Apparently now I'm a lawyer because I know nothing. I gave all the information I had in my head for those two weeks to the bit of paper. Why don't you make the bit of paper a lawyer? I cannot be a... So they are incredibly stressful. There was one exam I had at uni, not at school, where the guy in front of me, he just lost, he started shaking and put his head down and the invigilators looked terrified because that was like, I mean, I'm sure they were trained because, but they thought, oh, that's one of those things. You know, it's like, you know, if you're at a conference or something, the fire escapes from everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. So invigilators are like, if someone has a complete breakdown, they're like, yeah, 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 that's not going to happen. So this poor person had a complete breakdown. And this is like the invigilators just stood there. All these other people came and they helped the guy up. They took him out. They cleared away any evidence he had been there of all this stuff and his desk and his chair and then they almost got the rest of us who were surrounding him to move a bit closer. Wait, was this so there was men in black? Was this boy being erased from existence? But it was just like we can't let anyone else know that this has <laughs> happened. And um, I've never seen him since. He was my best friend. <laughs> that was my best friend, Barry. That's your best friend. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. strange. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Is it the name? Is the... the information <laughs> ran out of my arm and onto the page. He's now the chief justice. Yeah, that's right. So I think the moral there is if you're having a breakdown in the middle of exam, totally understandable. It's a lot of pressure, but just don't show anyone. Because you'll disappear and never come back. A perfectly internal breakdown. Yeah. I do remember when I was doing my HSC that you'd, you'd be showing up to the exam and you'd have the sheet of paper with your last kind of crammed notes and you'd be in the car on the way looking over the piece of paper. But your brain, your brain is not taking in any information. You're so panicked you might as well be looking at, like, yeah. the Rosetta Stone. Like, yeah, exactly. I suppose famously they got lots of information for the Rosetta Stone. Something else. Uh, but, you <laughs> Something know, like, that isn't the Rosetta so Stone. Anything except the Rosetta Stone <laughs> is basically what you're practically Because it's very at. hard to fit into a family sedan, the Rosetta Stone. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, oh, if you're devoted, you'll do I thought it was little. No, it's well, stupid. I failed. I failed ancient history. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, I had one of those bits of paper too with all my Macbeth quotes on it. Yeah. And, you know, cram in at the last moment. And I got to school and we we're all hanging out outside. And then I saw some of my friends, I was talking to them, and I was kind of doing something with my hands. And I looked down, and I'd ripped my <laughs> bit of paper into 85 bits. I just got <laughs> just ripping it and ripping it. Then I went, ah! And I got them and tried to like put them back together. Yeah, I'm feeling all right about the exam. You know, it's feeling pretty good. I can't tell whether I had good parents or bad parents because I think I had a completely different HSC experience because I did three right. major works. So by the time the actual exams came around, I did not care. And I turned up to the English exam having nothing prepared. And my mum, I remember my mum did think 
that's a bit concerning when we were going to the, she was driving me to the exam and, and she was like how's it going how, how do you feel and I was like oh yeah I'll see you at lunch and she was like where are your quotes and, and what are your what are your texts <laughs> and I love her to death but it felt like that was maybe the first time she'd ever asked me that question I went oh I, I don't know I you know mum if I don't know it I don't know it and then I, <laughs> so I, I reckon wants to hear. I think yeah. the more just stress yeah the more stressed person before I walked into my English exam was actually my mother as I left the car where she was like oh Oh, she knows nothing. There is, there is nothing in there. But then I remember I walked in and I felt like, well, at least I'm not the worst person here because the guy sat in front of me asked me for a pen. <laughs> so I went, hey, someone else's day yeah. is going worse than mine. So that's, Well, if you're an HSC student and you're listening to this, don't follow the advice of either of these people, Gabby Bolt or James O'Loughlin. But does James die? No. no. He lives. No. Oh, thank God it's what Friday. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. Sorry, I have a question. What yes. happens if they said death? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, Do you have something rigged in the ceiling? No, or? lines. Oh. Yeah. Is it? So oh, it's like a pantomime. Do you remember Tommy Dean? He did it last weekend for the first time. <laughs> that's why yeah, not, he died. That's he's why not he's here not here anymore. Oh. Yeah. Some, some men come in and they take James away and they take <laughs> they away his seat and they move the mic. And we had those same <laughs> people. Yeah. And now the latest diet is called the OMAD diet and it's been embraced by everyone from the British PM Rishi Sunak to the music legend Bruce Springsteen. OMAD stands for one meal a day. I think that's Whoa. ridiculous, isn't it? I'd be starving by 10 a.m. So, what strategy would you adopt if you had to lose a lot of weight? James, I'll Oh, I do intermittent fasting. I sometimes fast for up to an hour after breakfast. <laughs> um, no, my friend Jimmy, actually, he, he does that. He only eats between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. That's the only period he eats. But he tells me that in that period... All he does is eat. So he eats about three times as much as most people. Just as soon as six goes, he's just shuffling. He starts with breakfast, straight on to lunch, then straight into dinner. Um, but for Sunak, I'd like to suggest an alternate method of losing weight. Um, become a Prime Minister of a formerly great empire that is now declining into complete irrelevance, have 65% of the population when asked how they think he's doing say badly and just 25% say well, have lots of unpopular policies, an upcoming election and be trailing the opposition by nearly 20%. I think that would help you lose weight. <laughs> the anxiety alone. Yeah. It tightens the belt. Yeah. Yeah. Gabby, how are you going to lose weight without uh, getting into this? Uh, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't know until, until receiving this question. I'm actually already on the own. Nomad diet, um, but I didn't know that. Uh, it's just it's just till literally right now because of the cost of living. Um, <laughs> if anyone was wondering, today's meal was a frozen uh, Hawaiian McCain pizza. Mm. It was not good. Um, <laughs> but I guess I'd just go from from the OMAD diet to the OSAD diet, which is uh, both an abbreviation for one snack a day and also a literal embodiment of how I would feel being on that diet. So <laughs> that's my answer the to that. OSAD diet. The OSAD diet. What are you on? Well, first off, I, I mean, it's such an interesting case you've made for the OMAD diet because you've said the two people that do it, Rishi Sunak and Bruce Springsteen. So if you do this diet, you can either end up like the coolest guy in the world or Bruce Springsteen. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt that to balance you out yeah, there, James. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I, I don't think the OMAD diet works. I'm more of that, you know, like the paleo diets, eat like a hunter-gatherer. I'm on the Flintstones diet, so I subsist on a diet of uh, a purely giant dino ribs. Uh, I don't know if you've seen... Uh, and I know what you think it's very fatty and very, you know, it's a lot to process, but um, I, I lose all the weight when I drive my car around, you know, <laughs> stick my feet through the bottom and just go running. Right along, yeah. Now, I, um, but they say because that... Because that was actually how Gabby's car worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got my car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, they, they say that the thing that you've got to avoid with your diet is the ultra-processed food. And what yeah, I've yeah. heard is that you uh, don't eat anything that your great-grandmother uh, <laughs> wouldn't recognise as being food. Yeah. And what they mean is like, you know, McDonald's chicken nuggets and stuff like that. But I have to say, my great-grandmother, that rules out curries, it rules out sushi, it rules out uh, basically any herb or spice that Simon and Garfunkel didn't sing about, uh, that's off the table. And, and any any vegetables that were properly cooked. Exactly. Yeah. So. 20 minutes of boiling for that broccoli place. So and how the, the Brussels sprouts go? Oh, and when all the colour is being bleached yeah. out of the broccoli, is it ready to be if, served? If it's grey, it's good. That's what they say. Exactly right. Now, every old TV show is being revived at the moment from Frasier to maybe we read uh, this week Seinfeld. So what are the shows you don't you really do not want to see back. Gabby Bolt. I I am not joking. I genuinely struggled to think of an answer to this question and I am not <laughs> flexing. I think I am perhaps maybe not quite old enough to warrant having an opinion on what shows should or should not be revived <laughs> because all the shows I grew up with are either still running against my will or should never have run, i.e. Round the Twist. That probably would be my answer. <laughs> Round the Twist is What's beautiful. The twist? Round the twist Round was the twist. beautiful. It was beautiful, but if you go back, which I you're have since mo- done. You're a monster. As a, you know what's crazy? As a kid, I loved that show. I ate it up. Lemons for eyes, whatever you want. But now I've gone back. Like, this is recently, like, just this last week. What I've is gone it? back. Kids, do you not know what Round the Twist is? I do not. It's a family living in a lighthouse. It's a horror movie disguised as a children's television program. <laughs> I went so back and watched They seem like different answers. Yeah. <laughs> I watched them all in the last month. They are terrifying. Okay. I do not know who at ABC went, you know what's going to love this? Kids, young kids. <laughs> so are they, are they, terrifying. Are they, I don't remember them being They're scary, are they? Terrifying. There is an episode where there is a man, an ice cream machine gets turned into a man and he makes ice cream out of yeah. his nose. <laughs> horrifying. Wow. Awful. I think there's one word for that, James. It's heroin. Yeah. <laughs> what, the audience member who's what, on the ball. What about the Haunting of Hill House or something? I reckon Haunting of Hill House is only slightly scarier than that Lemons wow. for Eyes episode. Two, two of, of my daughters the watched the uh, Haunting of Hill House and one of them was 14 and they, I, I said, you know I get scared easily. You'll be fine, Dad. I watched eight <laughs> minutes and then I ran into their room <laughs> weeping. They said, you'll be fine, Dad. You lived through Nero. (laughs) (laughs) Nero was not as bad as that. Uh, Patrick, what do you want to see not back? Honestly, I am a great champion of the the revival. I think every show ever made should be revived. I think revivals should get revivals. We've seen young Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. Why why can't we see younger Sheldon? I want to see what happened when he was a toddler. Baby Sheldon. Fetal Sheldon. I mean, we just need to keep going back. We need to keep going forward. Uh, There's no point coming up with new ideas. Let's just do, you know, let's do a prequel of Friends. What about when they were just acquaintances, you know? You would go so well as a producer in Hollywood. That's what I'm trying to angle towards. Don't blow up my spot. Or before they're acquaintances, why not strangers? You know, there's there's, there's no need to come up with new ideas. That's my take. James, what do you want to see? I agree with you. Originality is, it's an illusion. Exactly. Um, I want to see a revival of Mother and Son, not the original, but I want to see the revival of the one they did a couple of months ago. (laughs) So just take that and twist it again and and change it all. Uh, So how would the revival be? Uh, Well, it'd just be different. Like they'd have a mother and a son, obviously, because that's the title. (laughs) But they'd be different from the current ones. One might have a moustache, for example, (laughs) and be an older balding man. Uh, (laughs) Played by who? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe the new inventors. Uh, maybe they, we should reboot that. <laughs> I that. I would he be cast as maybe a, an ex-lawyer who didn't find his law degree helped him much because oh, he yeah. downloaded all the material through his hand? 
People have... <laughs> people, once I was 12, someone said I look like Gary McDonald. So uh, it could be... <laughs> you do. I must, say, I must disclose a conflict of interest because I'm part of the problem here because I hosted a show called The New Inventors, which... Some of the more clever of you from its name might have guessed wasn't an original show. It was based on a show called The Inventors, and if they do it again, I guess they'll have to call it The Really New. Let's do this one again. It worked a couple of times. Um, the, the thing I don't want to see revived, unless they change the ending, is the 2019 NRL Grand Final Camber Raiders <laughs> versus the Roosters when the Raiders were robbed by some questionable decisions. If they, if they change the yeah. ending, then I'm in. If they got a proper ref. No. <laughs> if they change the ending, but not as was. That would no, be terrible. No. Imagine seeing that again, like, with different players and they still lose. God, that would kill me. <laughs> oh, you think that's, they, were, they would have to remake... Grand finals is have two younger players, but with the same result. Yeah, well, they're doing that with Penrith. They just remake it every year. <laughs> same bloody result. It's not very exciting. Penrith, 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 Penrith. Hi, James Collins. Because you can't do that with sport, can't you? There's a famous story about Farlap, where they make the famous film of Farlap, and they have to re, uh, they have to stage the whatever it was, 1932 horse yeah. race, and and uh, the minister for the arts at the time, uh, Barry Cohen, says to he's, he's there, and he says to the to the director, uh, well, yeah, how did you get all the horse? to finish in exactly the right order. <laughs> and and the, the guy who's trained the horses said, mate, we do it at Ramwick every weekend. <laughs> No problem at all. You, you feel bad being the guy betting on the horse that wasn't far left. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought he was due. <laughs> this time for sure. Who were the winners and losers of this week? James O'Loughlin. Uh, the winners of the losers, the winners uh, were anyone playing Australia cricket or rugby? Um, <laughs> the losers are Australian rugby and Australian cricket supporters, but they're not really. Because you have to lose before you can win. If you win all the time, as Penrith supporters will be fighting now, it gets hollow, it gets boring, it's not, you know, you're scared of losing, willing, winning mm. loses all of the Well, there's a big debate on our, on our text lines yeah. on ABC Radio Sydney this week between all the people that said, oh, and they were making terrible jokes about the, the rugby team and yeah. other people were saying, you're just, it's your fault for not, being, for not being good supporters who stick with them through thick and thin. Yeah, and well, said, where's the thick? <laughs> well, you know, the last thick for the Canberra Raiders was 1994, but by gee, and I almost got there in 2019, but I didn't, I wept instead. Um, <laughs> if they ever get there again, it'll be much better than one of these production line Penrith wins that you just take for granted. So Imagine this is... the first win in 30 years. Oh, it'll be good. I think about it a lot. This is your message to the Penrith, supply, the Penrith fans. Aren't you bored yet? Yeah, they're bored. Yeah, <laughs> mix it up a bit. Gab- Gabby Bolt, who were the winners and losers of this um, fine week? I got so excited about the winners that I forgot to write the losers, but the winners are <laughs> Doctor Who nerds. Oh, uh, I don't know if anyone was aware, but today the BBC released some snippets of the new orchestral arrangements from Murray Gold, who, if you don't know who that is, he was the original orchestrator for the revival of the Doctor Who season. So for, he, wow. was my, he was my orchestrator, and that's how deeply a fan of Doctor Who I am. So I'm initial, lost the room. Initially um, when you said nerd, yeah. I was thinking, oh, no, she's no, being no, harsh no. on yourself. The orchestrator <laughs> of Doctor yeah. Who is back. Um, the original orchestrator of the revival of the old series of Doctor Who is back. Anyway, Murray Gold, um, yeah, the BBC or, Symphony. I am yeah. So excited about this. Uh, yeah, they've released some new themes because obviously, for those of you who aren't aware, Doctor Who, show about a man who goes into a police box and goes through space and time. It's lovely. You should get into it if you're not. Um, <laughs> it's not at all it's scary. Back. Not like Round the Twist. <laughs> yeah, the round the twist. <laughs> it's much better than Round the Twist. Yeah. How did you become a big fan of, of, of Doctor Who? How oh, do you become a Whovian? Well, actually, I've, I, my dad was a fan of the classic series. Oh. 
Yeah, mm. thank you. Um, and I've never gotten into the classics, but you know, I hear they're good. Um, but when it came back, <laughs> when it came back in two thousand and five, my dad just uh, there was really no. Um, if you want to watch it, it was. We are oh. watching this. Oh, it will right. be on television and you will you will like it. And then the BBC did the beautiful service of casting David Tennant in season two and I've been hooked ever since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe it's genetic. Could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my love who's of David Tennant is genetic from my dad, though. <laughs> Apart from David Tennant, who's the best doctor? Uh, uh, who's my favourite? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, David's my favourite for the for the viewing experience. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> my favourite is probably Capaldi. I actually have to say, I yeah, think right. Peter Capaldi was a very good... Doctor, I say again, lost the room. It's, it's a divisive topic. Um, but yeah, it's and just, after it's we finish off air, Gabby will be uh, expanding on this for the next fighting 40 minutes. people in the hallway. Um, yeah, so Doctor Who fans won, and everyone else lost. The Whovians are winners. Who else? Patrick are winners and losers. Uh, my winner of the week. I've taken this very literally. There was that man in America who has won two point seven billion dollars in Powerball. He won it today. He's kept himself anonymous for reasons which I'm of sure course. are obvious. We would all go out and kill him and take his money. Um, but before. You you think that this guy's got it made and he's got it set i just want you all to know that he can either choose to take the money over 30 years which is like oh brother give me a break or he can take it as a lump sum but he only gets 1.2 billion dollars oh so, poor guy. yeah exactly can uh, we all got just, a little small violin you know it's, <laughs> you never know someone's story until you get to know them <laughs> everyone's struggling on the inside you know what's hilarious about those things is that when when it's a billion dollars, yeah. lots more people go in it. Yeah, so yeah. when it's a hundred million, people go, nah. hundred million? <laughs> That's not right. worth it. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> and very quickly, the loser. Uh, the loser is that woman who picked up a platypus. It's a very rare thing and she got stung for her trouble. Yes. So. <laughs> Please thank Gabby Bolt, Pat Sutherland and James O'Loughlin. Check out the music from Dom Turner and his Rural Blues Project. Thanks for being part of Thank God It's Friday. Next week we're live from the Blue Mountains Writers Festival at Katoomba with Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean and Angela Lavoie-Pierre. Music next week from the song and dance man himself, Mike McClellan. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. And thank God it's Friday!